Hey guys, before today's episode of the podcast, I want you to text me 212-931-5731. If you don't, you're missing out. I'm putting all my eggs in the fucking text basket. 212-931-5731. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. One thing that I think of people are very naive of is how digital is actually the gateway to real life. So I think if you put out great content on LinkedIn, for example, which these customers are on, and you're bringing value to them from their perspective, not yours, and then the 19th post you put in, at, you know, or the 900th is, hey, I'm actually gonna be putting together a dinner where we're gonna drink some good wine and just talk about business or this industry or corporate law. Uh, and the first eight people to RSVP, I'll see you in a private room in the restaurant. I think what, when you wanna get to the top, the way to put them into a Facebook group is to give them good wine in a private room in a restaurant that you use the digital content to create the RSVP. Yeah, so my, my pain point is, it goes exponential when I get people like you have done, you get, like, I meet somebody else that's Gary Vee fan, I'm like, holy shit, we talk Gary Vee all day long, right? So like getting somebody on a pedestal to talk amongst each other, not about you, but just because you connected them, and then being able to share that. That's why the Facebook group is so big for me. I got it. I guess I can put it on the LinkedIn feed too. A hundred percent, you can. Uh-huh. You got it, you got it. You figured it out before you even finished. Uh, I had a funny question asked me, and the guy, we were talking about Tim Ferriss, and I was like, well, who do you think is better, Tim Ferriss or Gary Vee? And I didn't really understand the question, you know, and I kind of dug in and I was like, I, I realized that some people focus on the output and the result, like the, what you're doing and what you're saying and the output, and I was saying that I like a lot of the output of Tim Ferriss because it's different and yeah. it breaks things down so, very yeah. well. Yeah, he does. Outside of my blocks and you learn from it, but when it comes from a, the appreciation of the learning and the process and the importance of the output is really a byproduct of you understanding what's going on here. You know, and the, the doing it all the time isn't about just having a bunch of shit. It's about learning everything you do it and getting better. That's right. So how much time do you spend, because we've been going up the funnel and trying to do that, which becomes more complex on monetizing and going down the funnel and structuring that. Um, how much important time do you put on, is it a byproduct, you just do a lot and you naturally learn from it, you consciously focus the things you are learning as you are doing them? Yes. What's the give and take, the where do you Fully do? that. All these seconds. Well, I spend I spend I spend one hundred percent of my time on watching people react to things, not to the actual the thing. One hundred percent. But I also, and what D Rock would tell you is, you know, my copy skill. Like I know what people want because I'm listening first. For all my talking and all my interrupting the question and all this, I'm listening at all times. Thus, I have a better sense. I just know what resonates because I'm so, and don't forget, and you know this, this is now fucking 37 years of, like, I don't, you know, this is, this is talent. Yeah. You know, like, I've had to come to realize, I'm like, oh, right. In business, in entrepreneurship and communication, no different than in singing and in sports, there is natural talent. The reason I set up the conversation around lemonade and baseball cards, I've been doing this for so long. It's why I was such an atrocious student. It was so black and white to me that I couldn't even give, I couldn't even pander to societal norms of the 80s to even appease my poor mother who would punish me so bad every report card because I wanted that every second in the classroom to figure out why did they laugh when I disrupted that? Why is everybody wearing those sneak, I mean, 
Like it's, it's, I, I literally just said something that I've never, I know DRock's never heard this. I used to sit in class and fundamentally analyze everything people wore without even knowing why I was doing that. Yeah. And so, that's it. Uh, but then how much of the time like, is you spend um, with the audience building versus thinking about how to monetize a jab versus I spend no, I spend no reactive t- to understand I'm a little bit unusual and you may know, I think you know this, I have a separate business that doesn't monetize my audience, thus I spend yeah. no time. My great secret compared to all the other personalities is, is none of the important finances come. How much time do you spend thinking about the monetization? Zero. Zero. Because the framework's already been created. The audience is there. But, and then you think about it in different contexts. So I, I just know there's some trickle down, but zero thought into it. I don't know, you know, it's just not the way I think. I, I build other businesses to make sure I don't have to rely on any conversion from it. I, you can ask, when we sell a t-shirt for fun to learn, like I'll do on my text messaging platform, or if it's the sneakers or the wine, I weirdly like better when it doesn't do well. But it does monetize, yeah, it's unconscious for you. You have people in place to actually translate. Yes, yes, but, but again, the economics are so minute in comparison. Sure. Sure. Yes, which, but really, that fucking matters. That yeah. changes the entire intent paradigm. Okay. Like a Nick Saban-like brand? Like I'm the second most recognized. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I believe. I believe you. So it's confusing to me. What I'm saying is, I have traditionally, so I have 2,000 billboards. I'm on the radio every second. I'm on the TV. All the stuff. Yeah. If you, if you, so how do I transition? By taking 20 to 40 percent of that money and putting it 100 percent into something like Facebook against your core demo. You know, 45 to 90, that still translates there. And then by teaming up with your team and others to take 5% and start the beginning of that next generation, which is not gonna come, you are not gonna do well at first or maybe even at all on Instagram at first, but it's just starting to build the awareness. But I will promise you this, sir, and this is universal. There is no radio and billboard perfect execution that trumps perfect Facebook execution for who you're trying to reach. Here's why. On common sense, that billboard is vanilla. The fact that you can make a reference to Jalen Hurts transferring to Oklahoma, to Oklahoma, you know, like you could do all sorts of shit. You can make 8,000 billboards that matter to 8,000 different psychographic and demographic. Alabama's got a lot of micro personalities, genders, races, age groups. You're gonna make an, you know why the Andy Warhol Super Bowl commercial last year that Burger King did missed the mark because nobody under 40 fucking knew what the fuck was going on. (laughs) When you sell vanilla, vanilla is a popular flavor, but when you sell vanilla, you miss a lot of customers. And what you're doing is sheer penetration and you're, you're no dummy. Billboards can't work as well as they did 10 years ago Every passenger's looking down at their phone. I'd rather them see your pretty face. Nice. I promised you, Seth. I'll sneak in yours too, Digger. Sorry. <laughs> I failed all my classes because I do not listen to authority. <laughs> if you were my marketing guy and you were in charge and I gave you 100000 or $200,000 a month to put into social media, how would you spend it? And how, who would I would run Facebook and LinkedIn ads and make contextual creative to the data that shows me who the historic customers you tend to get are 
and I would run the ads against those demographics and psychographics and I would make 43 different pieces of video starring you or somebody else that went to bring them value so that we built awareness. So those ads would not look like my traditional TV ads. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> Do you know how bad your traditional TV ad is no matter how awesome you are? No, keep doing that. <laughs> last question. My, my marketing guy um, insists that it's better for him to follow to, 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 to set up these um, capture sessions where we take photos. They're beautifully, you know, edited, etc. And then take videos and then edit them. He's excellent at doing that. And I've been arguing with him for the last year that we just need a photographer to follow us and myself and my business partner Luis and just document our life. We wake up at 5 a.m. every yep. morning. We're in the gym. We're hustling. Yep. We're grinding. We're talking. Yep. Can you comment on that? I, I think you should fire your marketing guy. <laughs> Digger. Um, you scared me with the voice. Okay. How do we stay ahead of that curve? By building a brand, Digger. Digger, the only way you, if, if that gets to the scale that it could, listen to the words, if that gets to the scale that it could, in 15 years, the only thing that's left is brand. They have to say, Alexa, get me, can you get me Digger? You know, because they, they, if they say give me a personal, you know, give me a lawyer, give me a whatever, a trainer, a milkshake, uh, whatever, they're, go, they're gonna have, and that is gonna play out. So, stay in the hand of that, can you say that one more time? Sure. Alexa, give me Digger. You got it. Yes, ma'am, one more. I gotta finish with ladies. So, I love my haters. Good. And I, I know- You love them because it motivates you or you love them because you're empathetic to them? Uh, both. Good. And I think it gets us a little more traction. They don't realize that as they're posting things, they're just getting us- So you're a, you're, you're a believer that all publicity is good publicity? Uh, it gives their opportunities. I think that's fair, go ahead. And I like- uh, I'm always trying to figure out a good formula of when to engage and when not to. Sometimes it's nice when a client engages for us. You know, if it's a, if it's a bad review, it's a great question. It's wonderful. But I haven't quite figured out a good formula. There is no formula. I actually think you've got it down because I do the same. I just think it comes down to timing and serendipity. Sometimes you just got 15 minutes and you know you're, sometimes when there's something, when there's a lot of things going bad around me, I've got some fires, I've got some issues. Uh, my grandma passed away last, you know, this last summer, and you know, when she was not, you know, like, when, life, life, right? The Jets are 0-3, I'm on tilt, you know? Uh, you know, sometimes I'm not just in the mood to know I'm gonna have to spend 15 minutes maybe going back and forth to try to, right? Other times, I'm bored, I feel fresh, I got eight minutes because something got canceled, and I'm like, I'm gonna get in there. I wouldn't overjudge yourself. There is no proper answer. I think it's predicated on your current mindset to be able to be the bigger person. People lose because they go into a debate or a conversation, but they're not emotionally balanced, which allows them to get triggered, which makes them overreact, which changes the context of the actual merit of the conversation, which fucks up the whole thing, AKA America. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.